Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Welcome back to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Stan Miller. Our guest today is Colt Parati, a financial advisor in Memphis, Tennessee. Colt, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me, sir. So, Colt, I've read your bio, and I know that you've done a lot of work to prepare yourself to be a financial advisor, to be able to serve clients the way you do. I think in the work that you put into that, I think you deserve an opportunity to spend a little bit of time talking about your background. So, uh, so I want to hear about it. Yeah, for sure. So I started my career at UBS. Uh, I was mainly working with corporate executives of public and private companies, along with other affluent families. My main role there was on the portfolio management side, you know, building customized portfolios for our families. And last year, I moved over to Ameriprise on a private wealth team. So it's a team of six. We have three advisors, three support staff. Now, along that way, I, I got an, a lot of um, other education and accreditations and certifications to really just expand my knowledge along the way. So what was it? You know, Where were you in your life whenever you thought you wanted to become a financial advisor? Yeah, you know, I think it was really in college, you know, getting a business degree. I didn't learn as much as I wanted to about the stock market, investing, and things like that. And, you know, being a financial advisor to me was kind of a natural progression. I've always had a deep curiosity for the financial markets. So the world of finance to me was very much like an intricate puzzle. And I was just very passionate about just learning as much as I could and just doing my best to, you know, decode some of the complexities that go along with that. And I wanted to turn my interests into a very meaningful career where I could help other people navigate the, you know, the financial landscape and just make informed decisions that are going to impact themselves and then their families. So you got an MBA, right? That's correct. Yeah. And then you've done some other, you've done some other things too, that uh, look pretty remarkable to me. Just looking at your bio, you did, uh, you were, uh, you're a certified investment management analyst, and that's a designation that comes from the Yale School of Management, if I'm reading this right. Correct. And then I also got my APMA, Credited Portfolio Management Advisor from the College Financial Planning. And then I'm currently working on getting my CFP, which is a certified financial planner. Yeah, that's a big deal. They don't give those away, do they? They did not. It's been fun, though, learning about it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, a lot of work goes into that. And when I see somebody who has that designation, I know it just indicates a certain quality of commitment because it, it, it requires, you know, so much work, effort, and that's work and effort that you have to put in, I guess, nights and weekends, right? I worked a lot of nights and weekends, yes. Yeah. I'd say probably about a year and a half there was almost every day, just at least putting in some kind of studying just because I knew if I was going to do it, I wanted to get it over with and not let it just kind of drag out. Yeah. So you've been, you've been doing this for a while. Tell me how COVID affected your business and, and did, did any changes come about as a result of COVID? Yeah, I'd say as a team, you know, it was definitely challenging going from working in person every day to going remotely. But luckily as a team, we've always kind of embraced technology. So that switch was rather seamless. I would say it was a lot more difficult for the older clients to kind of get used to virtual meetings and things like that, just the technology aspect of it. 
But I would say the good thing about COVID is, you know, some people might have been a little reluctant before 2020 to work with an advising team that is not in the same geographical location. So it really opened up that door to kind of a wider cast of potential clients from all around the country. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. And, I, you know, we found the same thing in the state planning. But, you know, it turns out after after a while, people get used to that and actually in many respects like it because now they don't have to get all dressed drive, up, you know, yeah. drive and all that. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, a lot of upside to that. So, you know, this year, you know, the big story, one of the big stories in the financial space has been inflation and correspondingly, you know, the interest rates that have resulted from that. So, I'm a little curious, how do, how do you talk to your clients about inflation? Yeah, so, you know, inflation is definitely an interesting problem for both advisors and for investors alike. It's not something we've had to deal with for multiple decades. And, you know, technology in, is inherently deflationary in nature. And that's what we've seen over the past few decades, you know, due to the shutdowns, the uh, supply chain disruptions, just the massive spending, it created a massive supply-demand imbalance. And that's really what we're seeing today and what we're dealing with. But as far as clientele, you know, most people are approaching or that are in retirement, they have legitimate fears on inflation and how it can degrade their purchasing power. There's a really good piece by Schiller Data Library, and it's uh, at Yale University, and it shows the annualized dividend growth of U.S. stocks versus versus inflation. And this data goes back 150 years. And what we find out is that dividend growth is around 3.7%, while inflation's at 2%. So when you look at that, that's an 85% spread. So as a stock owner, it should give you a little bit more peace of mind knowing that the dividends are outpacing inflation over time. So that's you know on stocks. But if we take a, a look at other asset classes, so because the Fed is increasing interest rates to combat inflation, Cash-like alternatives and bonds, investors can earn a much higher yield on more conservative investments. So you can actually, as a portfolio manager, you can increase the total income of the portfolio. And if you're adding to these asset classes, you can simultaneously decrease risk within the total portfolio. That has to have that idea has to have a lot of appeal to the retirees that you serve, right? Uh, increasing income and decreasing risk, if I can do both of those simultaneously, that's that's got to be a win. What would you say been your biggest challenge recently? I would say, and I feel like a lot of people probably have the same challenge, is just finding that work-life balance. You know, I like to think of myself as kind of an entrepreneur at heart. So I probably tend to think about and work on the business a little bit more than I should. So it's really just always, you know, maintaining that awareness and keeping the bigger picture in mind that, you know, you can always make more money. You still need to make sure you allocate that time towards family, friends, and just having a life outside of work. As far as the business, you know, anytime we have periods of major volatility like this, or if you have geopolitical risks, like what's going on, you know, people get very emotional. And especially when it's with their money and they're losing money, right? That can lead people to make really bad investment decisions. So that's kind of where that educational piece comes in, where, you know, if you watch the news, they're going to tell you there's, it's always a bad time to buy stocks, right? When in reality, the markets are up more than they're down on a year-over-year basis. So that's really a continuous issue we're always having to deal with. It's really just educating clients and making sure they have the proper data to really be able to read the situation 
without listening to all the noise that's out there. Yeah. So what was it Buffett said, you know, be greedy when others are fearful, right? Fearful when others are greedy. And fearful when others are greedy. Exactly. So like that still amazing to me that, that that's almost ancient wisdom, but I think people forget that in every market downturn and they and they forget the other side of it in every market upturn. Well, it's, it's ironic because I think, you know, we're very much hardwired to be bad investors because of the, the emotional aspect of it. So people kind of lose the bigger picture, but it's just something you have to just teach people and they'll learn along the way. They're not going to learn overnight, but as you teach people over time, and I've had it with clients before, especially going through COVID in 2020, you know, we haven't had a pandemic in a hundred years, right? We've had recessions, we've had wars, we haven't had a pandemic. So just talking clients through that, that, you know, it's not the end of the world. It may seem like that. It may feel like that, but the market's a lot more resilient. Well, that's the point, I guess, of having a financial advisor, right? There's data out there. I can't I can't cite the survey off the top of my head, but there's data that clearly suggests that clients that work with a financial advisor over time tend to do you know, significantly better in terms of investment return. Yeah. And I think it's because they have that guy to talk them to talk them down from the ledge whenever their right. instincts are to do crazy things, you know. So what uh, you know, this may sound like a strange question, what are you looking forward to? I would say probably one of the things I'm, I most look forward to is just the continuous advancements in technology. You know, technology drives efficiency throughout the entire global economy, and it helps us better serve our clients and it helps them more achieve their goals. You know, especially this year, there's been a lot of talk on artificial intelligence. I mean, it's all over the news. You know, I'm by no means a uh, expert in that field. But I also am very optimistic about it. And we're just starting to kind of see some of those major benefits that we can get from it, especially in the healthcare sector. You know, it's more accurately diagnosing early diseases. It's enhancing the current doctor and nurse's knowledges, uh, knowledge around making decisions. It's increasing speed. And ultimately, it should cut costs, not just in the healthcare sector, but really across the board. Yeah, interesting. That's true. I know AI is scary. I hear a lot about that, but wow, what what opportunities in that? Uh, yeah. So I know this is not universally true, but a lot of the clients you serve are either retired or they're contemplating retirement, right? So just from the time you've been in this business, what would you say is the biggest misconception about retirement? I would say, first off, I'm not a huge fan of the word retirement. I prefer the word work optional lifestyle because when people come to us, that's typically what they're desiring. You know, that's what they want. Retirement does not mean the end of productive activity. You know, it's really more of an opportunity to pursue, to pursue their own passions, dreams, aspirations as they go into this next chapter of life. But I would say probably the biggest misconception is that you can always start saving later. While that may be true, the power of compounding makes early contributions significantly more impactful. So, you know, time in the market is much more important than trying to time the market. So, you know, when we're talking to clients, it's so regardless of uh, where you are or where you start, the first step is simply to start. And so we recommend people to commit to a dollar cost averaging strategy. And all that means is just like people do in their 401k, set a percentage of what you may each month, save it, invest it. Have it automatically invested and preferably don't even let it hit your bank account. Let it automatically come out. Let it be out of sight, out of mind. I'm not going to ask you to talk about any specific financial products, but I am going to ask you in a general sense, just in terms of uh, different approaches, uh, what are the 
what are the approaches now that you know that are pretty high on your on your favorability list? And maybe tell me some that that are not. Yeah, I would say I can't discuss specific products, but I can give you at a high level, you know, some potential attractive opportunities that are out there in the market. So this is one of the most attractive entry points we've seen in bonds in a very long time. You know, the Fed is at the tail end of increasing rates. Eventually, they're going to pause and eventually they will start cutting in order to simulate the economy, right? And, you know, interest rates and bond prices, they have an inverse relationship. So when interest rates go up, the prices of bonds go down. When interest rates go down, the prices of bonds go up. So because of this inverse relationship, it's really a net positive for anyone that's a bondholder over the next few years. And then just as far as my role, especially as an advisor and portfolio manager, it makes it a lot easier to build portfolios when you can actually allocate to bonds. They're actually going to give you a legitimate return other than what we've seen you know, pre-COVID. And then I would also say, you know, another asset class that's really not that talked about is private credit. I really like that area right now. So what you've seen is companies are waiting a lot longer to IPO and they're staying private for longer. So in order for them to find funding, they're having to go outside of the public markets and they're having to go to direct lenders. So obviously this year we've seen some major issues in the banking sector. And so these large corporations, they're getting turned down from banks because of the amount of funding they need. You know, a lot of these deals, they're a hundred million plus. These banks, they're just not going to take on that leverage because it's a little bit too much of a risk. So as a result, they have to find a private lender to give them credit. And the terms of these deals are extremely attractive. So a lot of them are 6 to 7% above SOFR. And SOFR is hovering around 4% right now. So these lenders are locking in extremely attractive long-term deals. So there are ways that investors can invest in that? Yes. So there are qualifications. Anytime you have private investors, there's qualifications that you have to meet in order to get them. Some of them are a little bit on the lower end, but a lot of times you still have to have certain net worths or income levels in order to get into those investments. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. A good point. And I've not heard anybody speak to me about that. So that's, that's an interesting insight. So Colt, is there anything that we didn't talk about that, uh, that you'd like to bring up today? For sure. So I was a little surprised you didn't ask me about the R word recession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is probably one of the most talked about recessions before we've ever had a reception, which is a little uh, ironic. You know, recessions, they're inevitable. It's part of the economic cycle. Of course, they can be extremely uncomfortable, especially if someone is in or near retirement. But at the end of the day, you know, volatility, it creates opportunity. And the key to making money in the stock market is to not get scared of the market. So, you know, we've had a great start to the year. So any potential weakness, should it occur, and inevitably, you know, we're going to have a downturn from here, right? So you should be viewing this as an opportunity to acquire good long-term businesses at a discount. So like we always tell our, our clients, you know, stay invested, dollar cost average into the market, reinvest your dividends and stick with quality. And if you can do that and stay disciplined, really everything else should take care of itself. And it sounds like uh, good advice. And uh, normally I would, I'd expect to hear that advice, advice from a guy much older than you, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think you told you maybe you may be wise beyond beyond your years. And so- I appreciate uh, you saying that. I've had good uh, teachers along the way. Yeah. And by the way, so congratulations on the engagement. Uh, I know that's a that's a really cool deal that's coming coming up for you. So uh, 
I'm a big advocate of marriage, and you, uh, I think it'll, it'll it'll be good for you. So, uh, Colt, I really appreciate the time today. I appreciate the time that you spent with me. It's been engaging for me. I've, I've learned some things, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Good to get to know you. So, let me conclude by saying thank you for joining us today. This has been the Legacy Leaders Podcast with your hosts, and Miller. My guest today has been Colt uh, Parati. Colts Financial Advisor in Memphis. His, uh, his web address is actually fairly lengthy. So what we're going to do is put it in the show notes so that it, it'll be easy and you can click on it. So it'll, it'll be there. And uh, so if you need to reach out to Colt, just check the show notes and uh, contact info will be there. So Colt, thank you again very much for being here. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. You have a good one, sir. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.